Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Now, I forgot last week to introduce myself. My name's Kane. I'm not the pastor here, all right? I'm not the pastor here. I just uh, help in the school. I teach in the, uh, the school. And while we're looking for a pastor, so keep praying for that, uh, there are a few guys around the church who just help out uh, with the preaching week to week. But I want to say thank you to the missions committee for this morning. It's been a fantastic morning introducing us, for some of us, introducing us to some of the missionaries that the church supports. Um, being able to connect with them has been fantastic. Um, and also just the, the quotes and things around, it all kind of comes together. And the service doesn't finish after the last song. Uh, we have lunch afterwards, so please join us for lunch. Um, I'm told, uh, was told ages ago when I started preaching, someone said to me, "Look, if you haven't hit oil in ten minutes, stop. Dr- uh, uh, so if you haven't hit oil in ten minutes uh, when you're preaching, then stop boring." So what I'm going to do is keep it very brief today uh, and to the point, uh, and hopefully it'll blend in with the rest of today's proceedings. But thanks again also to our worship team who do a fantastic job uh, every week. We're very blessed to have some talented people and skilled people right across the church. I want to begin with uh, a quote by an Anglican priest uh, who was also a missionary and his name was Henry Martin. And he said, he, he wrote these words, the spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. And the nearer we get to him, the more intensely missionary we must become. He also said the vitality of a church can be measured by its interest in the evangelization of the world. The vitality of a church can be measured by its interest in the evangelization of the world, but I love his words there, the nearer we get to Jesus the more intensely missionary we must become. God had only one son and he was a missionary. I love that quote there. And so I'm going to look at two commissioning passages from the New Testament today. The first is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, where Jesus says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, there's obviously a connecting word there, therefore... And what a pre- the preceding uh, uh, the preceding verse, Jesus has spoken about the uh, resurrected authority he has. He has authority over heaven and on earth, and he gives the, his followers their fundamental task or commissioning before he ascends back to the Father. And he says two things. The first thing he says is go. Go. This is my command. Here is your commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. That's all nations without exception. The word disciple there is Matthias in the Greek, which basically means or literally means a pupil, or it also means a follower. So Jesus says to his disciples, go into the world and make pupils and followers of Jesus Christ. 
Now, I think ringing in the ears of the disciples must have been Jesus' words from John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Or he who has my commands and keeps them, he it is who loves me, from John 14, 21. Or John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And the command is to go. I'm not any uh, Greek expert on the New Testament, but I have read that the word go can also be translated from the Greek as having gone. It's actually assumed. You can't make disciples unless you have gone. And Jesus is telling what we think is approximately about 500 followers, including the 11. We know this from 1 Corinthians 15. He says, you are to go into the world with this task I'm about to give you. And I thought, man, that must have been a difficult commission or task when you think about it. With what resources did they have? They had no buildings, very little money, no planes, no internet, no email, no phones no social platforms. The only thing Jesus promised them was his divine presence. And he gave them a permission. I will be with you. And that was enough. That's all they needed. And the same is true of us. Regardless of the challenges, they were to go into the world, not wait for the world to come to them. In other words, we should not wait for people to come to our church to meet Jesus. That's awesome when it happens, but it's very rare. We should actually go out and show them Jesus. And there was only one thing that they were to take into the world, and that was a message for the world. Jesus says, go and then he says, go with the gospel. And the Great Commission recorded in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, we see slightly different accounts of the same event. Jesus commands his followers in Mark to go into all the world and preach the gospel or good news. For ultimately... Followers and pupils of Jesus are made through a message, not a method. Although the method is really important, it's the message that transforms. It's the message that is the essential thing we are to take. Romans 16, Paul uh, writes, sorry, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul writes, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of good news, for it is a power of salvation unto all who believe. It is the dunamis of God, from which we get our word dynamite. That's what the gospel is. It is a powerful message of salvation for all who believe. But what is the gospel? What is the good news? If you've got a good memory, the best passage which I think that most succinctly gives us a description of the good news of the gospel 
It's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 4. For I delivered you, writes Paul, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that, number one, Jesus died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was, number two, raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. Jesus Christ died for our sins, and he was resurrected back to life, showing that he has power over even death itself. And because of these twin historical events, the crucifixion and the resurrection, believing in them means certain things will follow for the pupil or follower of Jesus Christ. When we turn to Jesus in repentance and faith, Jesus becomes a living presence, not just a memory. He's someone we meet, not merely talk about or discuss. He's someone we know, not just know about. When Jesus comes through the gospel, comes the fruit of the gospel. Those beautiful theological words, regeneration, conversion, sanctification, glorification. Through the gospel or good news is the assurance that the Messiah has come and that sin may be forgiven and the soul saved. Simply, the sorrow and misery of the fall is undone because of him. Go, says Jesus, and take the gospel with you. And don't worry, because I will be with you every step of the way. There is a story about a famous, a world-famous violinist, Fritz Kreisler. He lived from 1875 to 1962, and he earned a great fortune because he was so good at his concerts and his compositions. But he was also a very generous fellow, and he gave most of it away. There's a story that when he discovered an exquisite violin on one of his trips, because he had given away so much of his money, he wasn't able to purchase it. And later, having raised enough money to meet the asking price, he returned to the seller, hoping to purchase this beautiful instrument. But to his dismay, it had been sold to a collector. Chrysler made his way to the new owner's home and offered to buy the violin. The collector said, nope, it's become my prized possession and it sits up there on the mantelpiece and I'm not interested in selling it. Kaiser, who said he was so disappointed by this, was about to leave and then he had a thought. He turned to the fellow and he said, can I play the instrument just once before it's consigned to silence on the shelf? And permission was granted. Now, this man was such a great violinist that he filled the room with such heart-moving melody and music that the collector's emotions were deeply stirred. And he said to him, I have no right to keep to myself something that beautiful. 
It's yours. Take it into the world and let people hear its beauty and melody. The gospel is incomparable. It is immeasurable. And Jesus says, go and take that gospel into the world. Let people hear it. Not because we want to get them across the line from heaven to hell, because it's good news. It's good news. The church, we have a preaching task. It's our duty. And that means it's a duty of every Christian to tell the story of the good news of Jesus to those who've never heard it. The Christian duty is we are to be the herald of Christ. Wherever you find yourself, just outside these doors here or across national, international borders, the calling and the commission is the same for everybody. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that when you looked on a world that was, had turned in rebellion towards you, that sought its independence from you, that gave up the fruitful life that you created us to have, that you did not walk away, you did not turn your back on us, but you did uh, the, the most difficult thing and the greatest expression of love that we could ever fathom or seek to understand, that you sent your son and Jesus willingly came into this world to save this world. Lord, we sit here and we have joy in our hearts because we have experienced this message. Lord, help us not to keep it to ourselves, but in our relationships with others around us, help us to tell them the good news as well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.